is Steve Pride, bringing you Pride Out Loud and reluctant activist Charles Chan Massey, who with husband Joseph Chan collects the stories of our tribe. I am Charles Chan Massey, co-founder and executive director of the Personal Stories Project. What was the genesis of the project? We've all heard the expression, it comes in threes. So back in 2012, a series of things happened. The first one was, are you familiar? And I'm sure some of your listeners are familiar with Shane Bentley Crone. Yeah, I've met him. He's yeah, nice. Yeah, Shane's great. And do you remember in 2012, it was about a year after Tom, his partner, had died, he released the video, It Could Happen to You. Yeah. And a friend of mine who I had known when I lived in Atlanta, before I moved to L.A., posted it. It happened to come across my news feed at the right time. And it kind of affected me. Um, I watched it, cried, watched it again, cried, filed it away and said, okay, this is good. I don't know what I'm doing with it, but it's pretty powerful stuff. Probably two months later, out of the blue, I got a Facebook message from the daughter of a high school friend. And again, granted, we're from North Carolina. So there's a lot that people know about North Carolina, but it's definitely not necessarily the most liberal part of the country. And that county is definitely not the most liberal part of the state. But got a message from a young lady named Rebecca. I'd actually never met her. Her sister was in the same class as my younger sister, but we were friends. And Rebecca basically sent me a message saying, I'm gay, I'm lesbian. I came out to my mother. I wanted to thank you because had my mother not known you, I don't know that it would have gone as well as it did. I said, okay, well, that's gratifying to know that somebody that I had never even met, I was able to help them along their journey. About a week later, my youngest sister mentioned that a friend of hers had a son who had just come out as gay at 14, I believe he was, and she was scouring the internet for resources. So at that point, I'm not terribly religious, but at that point, I just looked up and said, okay, I get it. I'm supposed to do something, but I just wasn't sure what. From there, I put something out on social media. I don't even remember what I said now, but it was basically, I'm doing something, who's in? And the Personal Stories Project came from that. So that's why you call yourself an accidental activist? Correct. Activism was not something that was even on my radar. I mean, I'm usually very embarrassed to admit this, but Proposition 8, we didn't even go to the rally. When we had the rally in West Hollywood, it was something that in my mind and in our mind as a couple, other people did. And in many ways, I carry guilt for not doing it early, but everyone has their own timeline. So... That's why it's accidental. I mean, I would have never probably done this unless I'd been pushed into it. How do you find people for the Personal Stories Project? Do they contact you or you find them? Or It's a little of both. I and mean, there's one of the stories that we shared. The young man's name was Jonah in Hawaii. I was reading the newspaper. I never read the newspaper anymore, but I was a few years ago. One of the earlier stories we shared. And I literally found Jonah in the newspaper in an article about his high school's Gay-Straight Alliance, they had won GSA of the Year, and it turned out it was the same high school that Janet Mock had gone to, and I said, okay, this kid might be somebody I might reach out to, so I found him on Facebook. I mean, his name is Jonah Sarah Bay, I mean, it's not a name that's that common, so it was pretty easy to find on social media. Sent him a message out of the blue, and he shared his story with us. That was a written story, so we do both written and video. Others, once word got out that we exist, people have come to me and say, I'd like to share my story. So it's a combination. I, mean, I reach out to people, they find us on social media, and we take it from there. 
So what is the biggest challenge of getting people on tape? Some people will send us video that's pretty raw and we'll have to edit it a little bit because there is that option available. But mainly we have a volunteer videographer. His name is Luke. He lives in Alabama, but he does videography for a living. So, for example, he was working up in San Francisco this week and... One of our written stories is about a couple, a binational lesbian couple who lives in San Francisco. They had written a story, and she had actually, this goes back to how people find me, Alex had actually sent me an email. She found me when Shane Bittany Crowe had shared about our program on his website, I'm sorry, his Facebook page, which has about 250,000 followers. So that came to me that way. She was a very good writer, so there was very little editing needed. But it's interesting with that particular one, I followed up with them and kept in touch and done updates over the years. When Alex first sent me her story, she was still living in Holland trying to figure out how to get back to the United States with her wife and their two kids, who at that time, the first story came just as Doma was coming down. And so they were able to move back and get a residency permit for the wife and the two kids. And to bring this back to where we were, Luke, who's our volunteer videographer, happened to be in San Francisco, and we decided to take that to the next level, and this was an existing story. Now we're putting it on video. So when it all falls into place, it's just wonderful we have things like that, but we basically have to wait until we have Luke in a town where somebody is going to be who's willing to share their story in order for that to happen. Now, where we're going is trying to make this similar to how the No Hate campaign does, where they'll go to city and do they do open photo shoots. So. Yeah. When Luke comes to L.A., which he does twice a year for business, we have an open video shoot, and we have that over at our house. We set up a studio. We have a step-and-repeat backdrop with our logo and tagline on it. So we do that, and we just put out a call for stories. What sets you apart from the Lavender Effect and I'm from Driftwood? You know, we're very similar to that. I would say probably I'm from Driftwood is the most similar project to ours. And I don't consider them competition. I mean, I share Nathan's things all the time. A good friend of mine, John Becker, was just interviewed by Nathan as well, and I cross-shared that over on our platform. We're a few years behind where they are. I mean, I'm from Driftwood, has gotten some pretty nice grants, and they seem to be into a pattern where I believe Nathan does this full-time now. And um, basically, we started later, and we're not quite there yet, I think. Our infrastructure is somewhat equivalent to them and the Lavender Effect. I do think the Lavender Effect is, at least from my perspective, is probably more Hollywood-focused, where ours is we're reaching out to the grassroots people because we are a grassroots organization, and I and our board really want to give people who haven't had an opportunity for their story to be told to tell their story. This is not your only project. You've given me several business cards here. Oh, yes. What is the one million kids for equality? Because clearly I didn't have enough going on. In 2015, we launched One Million Kids for Equality. My co-founder with that, his name is Brad Delaney, and he had worked on the Washington's for Marriage campaign and things of that nature. He's also a millennial, so he has access to things technologically that are a little bit beyond me. So he was helpful with that. But we got some press that day, uh, launched a Facebook page, had a website up by the end of the week, and One Million Kids for Equality, which has a very similar mission to the Personal Stories Project, except it's more youth-focused, was born. So how do I get more information about the Personal Stories Project? Our website is personalstoriesproject.org. We're also on Facebook, The Personal Stories Project. My email address is charles at personalstoriesproject.org.
And your tagline, everyone has a story. Do you believe that? Absolutely. Everyone has a story of what's yours. Everyone does have a story. We've all got something that, whether we know it or not, whether we want to share it or not, that's fine. But everyone does have a story. This has been Steve Pride for Pride Out Loud, talking to Charles Chan Massey from the Personal Stories Project and One Million Kids for Equality. Until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.